You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit, one podcast at a time. OMG, there is so much bullshit that surrounds wedding planning, but we really work hard here at the Bride Chiller Podcast. We as in I and my millions of fairy pixie helpers try hard to help you eliminate stress and talk about the stuff that matters. This is episode 278 of the Bride Chiller Podcast. I'm Alicia. If you're new, we welcome you with open arms. Hopefully you will stay on board. Listen to the show, join the Bride Chiller community on Facebook and get involved because the more the merrier, I say, and the more information and the more expertise and assistance and support that you can get and give while you're going through a somewhat stressful time, the better. Today's episode is inspired entirely by the members of the Bride Chiller community. This Facebook group's the best thing I've ever done. I mean, besides getting hitched and, oh God, look, I've done lots of other good things, but this is a very good thing. And shit, oh dear, it's a wonderful place to find topics to talk about for the podcast. Not that I ever run out of things to talk about. People keep saying, oh, that's professional. Not even going to edit that out. Uh, People keep saying, aren't you sick of talking about weddings? And I'm sick of hearing them talk about me talking about weddings. Stick that in your metaphorical pipe and smoke it. Katie Britton started this conversation. Actually, a few people started this conversation. I'm going to combine a couple of conversations. But hi, Katie. Um, she posted a very funny GIF and I'm not going to be like a douchebag describing GIFs on podcasts because that would be super losery, but it was a GIF of, um, the wonderful Lucille from Arrested Development, the mum, just creepily looking through a door and closing it. But she says on the phone with my full of never asked for opinions, Aunt Bobby, side note, don't we all have an Aunt Bobby? Yes, we do. Me, I'm really thinking of doing some lush foliage and candle centerpieces rather than full flower arrangements. The space is so neutrally beautiful and it's a good place for us to save money. Aunt Bobby, long pause. (sighs) That would be a real shame. Don't forget that people will really judge your wedding day by the flowers you have on your table so you just don't want to look cheap. And that's when she put the little gif of Lucille just shutting the door. And it kicked off. This conversation was fucking great. Firstly, a very big majority of, very big majority, use that in a science white paper, a very big majority of the bride chiller community are not having flowers at all or using minimal flower interaction with their wedding day. Jamie Sanford said, I'm not even having flowers on the table. Oops, lols. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. I feel like we have reached the point where we don't necessarily need to do lots of flowers because, yes, they're beautiful, but, yes, they can be very expensive. Alexandria says that she bought all paper flowers. My mother said the same thing until she actually saw them. Now she's totally on board. I've had to fight tooth and nail for everything that I actually want. Several of my original plans were scrapped by mum and my cousin, who was helping plan. This is also a very common thing. Megan, who is a regular participant on the the, uh, community, says she used berries, foliage, and moss. They'll all get over it, which is so very true. Emily, (laughs) I love this. The only reason I remember the flowers from the last wedding I attended was because they caught on fire. Caught on fire. From a too-close taper candle. 
Love this idea from Bridechilla Crystal. She says she's making flowers from old repurposed book pages. So far, everyone has really liked the idea and has a sense to keep their mouth shut. (laughs) Which brings me to this sort of lovely meditative exercise where we can all close our eyes, not if you're driving. That'd be dangerous. And if you're in a weird place, you don't feel safe, keep your eyes open. I think this would be a really good exercise to try and remember the last wedding you attended and have a really strong, long, hard think, weird, uh, about the flowers. Can you remember many details about them? Did it affect your day in any way? Did you go, ah, all those flowers made sure I had a really amazing day, Aunt Bobby? I don't think so. I'm blank. I remember at Belinda, my lovely cousin Belinda's wedding in Hawaii last November, that's the last wedding I've attended, they had beautiful banana leaves. They had banana foliage which I thought was actually really cool. So that was memorable. It wasn't flowers. So thanks, Aunt Bobby, for your non-support, but also a personal thank you from me, because without your bad attitude, we wouldn't have had such a great thread. Cheers. Going deeper, going deeper. Sounds gross. I'm really doing lots of stupid voices today. Don't know where it's coming from. I'm having a day at home alone recording this, and uh, this is what happens when I spend too much time not speaking to other humans, except for you, real humans there, but you're not actually talking back. Daniel Kathleen left a fantastic post, which is the impetus for today's topic. Again, not great words. Impetus for today's theme, and that is some of your best cost-cutting, money-saving tips. And every time I do this episode, I've done this topic a few times, I think, I've done all of them. I've done them all. I don't have any more to do. But then threads like this happen and they inspire me because I read these topics, I read your comments and I think, oh my gosh, there's so many other great ways. And let's just go back to the basics here. When it comes to weddings and how much money you want to spend, I know people listening might have a $500 budget and I'm very aware that there are people in the upper echelons of thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, pounds, pence, whatever. So we're all, we're all sticking to our own budgets. I deeply resent when I read about cost-cutting, money-saving things in a lot of sort of mainstream bridal stuff. It's that they always head towards DIY, which I think is a really big bum steer because DIY, as we know, can be quite expensive. If you've got to buy all the shit to make it work, um, it can be more pricey than going and actually just purchasing the item. I have nothing against craft and DIY. But I just want you to be very aware that some DIY projects take a fuckload of time and you're not expecting it and you've bought all the stuff and then you committed because you're like, oh shit, I've spent all the money that I could have bought the thing off and now I can't because I've got to buy it, but it's going to take me 14 weeks and I'll still be crafting these freaking table centerpieces after the wedding. So I think you need to be aware of the time and also the skills involved. Again, I'm not being a Debbie Downer on DIY, but that seems to be always the first thing that you read. They're like, just DIY it. You'll save a lot of money. And that's rubbish. That is absolute rubbish. Sure, there are definitely things that you can do to save money and make yourself, but we're all busy. This is the thing. Last week's episode with Afisha, we were talking about not getting stressed and about having your wedding life balance. I would say taking on extra projects to save cash that don't actually save you cash, probably not a great decision. So Danielle wrote, Danielle, I've separated your name there, Danielle. She wrote a post 
by Chillers. I'd love to hear your favorite cost cut so far. Creativity and amazing deals for the win. But a good fuck it story. Welcome to fuck. I love this community. Just get a lady boner over just that sounds gross, but I get a lady boner reading your stuff. You're my people. Danielle says, after deciding that the boutique dress sash was overpriced, I bought $7 in material and earnestly took mental notes as the retailer explained how to carefully line up the fabric grains between the two pieces. I went home and thought, for fuck's sake, will anyone notice my misguided fabric grains? No, don't overspend, but also don't lose sleep over DIY perfection. Yes. Does anyone else feel that planning a wedding is a great way for ordinary women to learn what it felt like to live in the middle class 1950s? Anyone with some real knock-me-down budget deals, go. So firstly, I couldn't agree more. You're totally right, Danielle. There's this sort of weird 50s housewife sort of element to planning a wedding these days. And although they didn't have Etsy, which I'm sure they would have appreciated, while also making and manufacturing arms for the second world war that wasn't the 50s that was the 40s i do remember oh hello some of my education that was just uh, my phone reminded me not to go too far off topic and stick to the topic that you're supposed to be talking about today but the idea that we do have to revert back to some of the ways that are practical things that maybe our grandparents would have done in the olden days learn skills i think is fantastic such as danielle saying fuck it i'm not going to spend all that money on the sash i'll make the sash myself let's do it Lovely bride chiller Emily says, I don't know if I'd recommend this because I ended up way in over my head, but I taught myself calligraphy for my save the dates and invitations. And then somehow my fiance talked me into opening my own side business. (laughs) My slightly more useful tip is to always ask if pricing can be negotiated. The worst a vendor can say is no. We negotiated a big chunk of our venue and our band just by asking. Firstly, Emily, I'm delighted that you have launched your own calligraphy business. It's really interesting. A lot of my guests on the show, I'm sure you are aware that a lot of my guests on the Bride Chiller podcast are people who found during their own wedding planning that something was missing or something wasn't being done very well and then went, fuck it, I can do that or I'll invent this or I'll start this. So I think it's great when you teach yourself a skill. Calligraphy is really hard, by the way. Well done, Emily, because I have tried. I've gone to wedding fairs and they're like, learn calligraphy in 23 minutes. And gee whiz, my penmanship, it ain't, it ain't good. In terms of asking for best price, I don't think this is a bad thing. I really encourage people to do this. It's really interesting. I'm in a couple of professional wedding people's blogs and groups and they often bitch about people questioning their prices. And I don't think... It's necessarily you saying, well, I don't want to pay $4,000. I'm going to pay $50. That's ridiculous. Obviously, you're not going to be doing that. But I do think it's worth asking if there are cheaper days, if you could consider perhaps if you've got a photography budget that isn't necessarily fitting in with your desired photographer's price list, then perhaps you could ask if they split days. Sometimes photographers are willing to turn up just for four or five hours or three hours to get key moments and then they can go and do another job. This is not always, but if you don't ask, then you do not know. 
we negotiated quite a bit with our caterer. There were lots of things on our list that we just didn't need that they they said you should have tea and coffee facilities and we were like well our we knew our bus to pick up our guests because we got married in the middle of nowhere was coming at 11 30 p.m and I said look we can bring along tea and coffee facilities to our venue and we've got there are already cutlery and crockery at the venue because it was a a house we're not going to pay I think it was like 250 extra dollars to set up this sort of tea and coffee display which was beautiful but that was 250 bucks we spent elsewhere and if we didn't ask to remove that they would have happily just charged us for it so I think the big point is don't necessarily be a super tight ass it's how you ask it's how you can say how flexible is this I'm really aware that you're running a business you're not trying to like chip away at people's prices but it's nice just to ask the flexibility of that cost I like the next suggestion because it sort of bounces off the episode I did recently about sustainable weddings and using stuff you already have or stuff that your family has or friends have. Rachel said, so far my favorite cost-saving thing is that we're using multiple family china patterns instead of renting or buying. China and Fusturia are the kind of thing that sits in the cabinet and almost never gets used. My mother-in-law says her grandmother and great-aunts would be thrilled to know their patterns are being used. What a great idea, firstly. Rachel said it was her mother-in-law's idea, and she said when we talked to the caterer, and she said she's seen a lot of people using China patterns, as in vintage is the new rustic, they were like, great, let's do it. She says, I've been very lucky that my fiancé's parents have been so into collecting glassware, silverware, etc. since rentals have been something I don't even want to think about, but I'm very excited to see the final result. I think it's a terrific idea. And if you're anything like our lovely Veronica, who you'll be hearing about, uh, you'll be hearing from, not just about, she's coming to London. This is Rich's mum, my mother-in-law Veronica, if you have subscribe to listen to the back catalogue you'll be hearing episodes with her whenever we go home or she comes to the Europe to visit we record an episode and she's always very popular she's a bit tell it like it is doesn't take any shit and uh, very educated very interesting I'd love to just do a podcast about Veronica's background she speaks 10 languages I barely speak one anyway she loves doing the podcast she gets a bit nervous but when we go to Veronica and John's home in Tasmania Australia Rich's childhood home there are literally cupboards of crockery that I've never seen before and sometimes she's like can you get me a she doesn't speak like that can can you get me a glass and I open the wrong door and it's just all this stuff and I've never seen these plates before so everyone needs to borrow that sort of stuff I think it's a very good idea and mismatched gorgeous crockery can look really fabulous. Speaking of using things that your family have, Natalie said, one thing that just happened and worked out perfectly, I'm using my mum's veil. I was talking to my maid of honour this weekend about how expensive veils are and she said she's borrowing one from a friend and I'm wearing my mum's. It just doesn't make sense to me to spend all that money on something like that. Bridechilla Crystal also said, I just had this revelation too. I have no problem paying a lot for my dress, but when they put a $200 piece of tulle on my head, I just about died. It was pretty, but when I looked at the price tag, I think I will either make my own or borrow one. Again, lovely friend of the podcast who just got hitched. 
Brittany from Happily Ever Borrowed also hosts hosts she has many veils that are available to hire and some stunning hair slides hair pieces crowns all that sort of stuff and uh, I would highly suggest if you are not in the market to purchase a veil which I find it's a very strange thing to buy because I don't know when everyone is going to wear them again I'd love to wear a veil to the supermarket love to wear a veil to work I'd love to be able to say wear a veil properly because I, I, I seem to be struggling with saying wear a veil. But, you know, it's one of those extra additional costs. Yes, they can look beautiful, but they do cost a lot of money. They're intricate. And if you can find someone to borrow them off or pay to borrow rent, I think it's a really good decision. Loving, loving sharing your money-saving ideas. There will be more. I've got so many more. I can't believe we've only got through like four. I've got literally so many. Uh, there'll be more of them after this break. Unless you've been in some sort of podcasting cloud, this episode is all about saving money. Your suggestions, which are far better often than my suggestions. It's very nice to be sharing this time with you. If you would like to join the Bride Chiller community on Facebook, all you need to do is go to the, that was a big pause, thebridechiller.com, follow the links and uh, you can find that. Also, I think you can just search in Facebook, Bride Chiller Community. You'll be asked a couple of questions, nothing deep, nothing too personal, and we'll let you in. Simple, pimple. Very happy. I'm just very happy in general that this is all working. I always talked about the Bride Chiller Community, and now we actually have a community. Joanna says, I ordered a PDF of Etsy for my invitations. It cost $12, and I am going to print them using cat print which will cost me $40 for 75 invitations, including envelopes. That is catprint.com. They have um, no minimum number to print and they are very inexpensive, says lovely Joanna. Thank you for that tip off, Joanna. Um, Jessica says that she found her photographer on Groupon. Our DJ was on Yelp and is also a teacher slash actor, so he wasn't charging wedding prices. I'm making our centerpieces. I've got a dress from BHLDN. God, I love them. For under 300 bucks. And took it to a seamstress to personalize. We limited our guest list to 80 and found a venue that includes our ceremony, reception, cocktail hour, food, alcohol for a few hours and a coordinator. I bought my accessories on Etsy. Hope that sparks some creative ideas for all our bride chillers. Yes, it does. Jessica, what a cracking list of stuff you have saved money on and also I just love that you, you you've been very wily with your decisions and choices especially going back to that really age-old age-old like we've been talking about weddings for four million years the cave people were also making these suggestions the age-old decision of finding a venue that you don't have to travel for in the sense of you getting married and you're partying all in the one place can save lots of dollars Madison Rose says, my way of mentally checking myself is taking a small step back and trying to think of the detail I'm stressing about at weddings that I've been a guest at, i.e. escort cards, centerpieces, ceremony, aisle decorations, etc. The majority of the time, I don't even remember the detail. That helps me come down from my whirl of emotions. She also says, at Costco, they have an abundance of wedding items. I know a lot of people like their wholesale flowers, something I haven't heard much about, but I'm using their stationery options. They save the dates, for example, are $17.25 per 25 cards. So that is a steal. 
When it comes to how you pay, how you choose to pay for items, this is a good suggestion from bride chiller Jessica Randolph. We often put things on credit cards, which is fine. Just pay them off because it gets you in trouble. But if you do choose to pay with cash, going back to this idea about vendor discounts, some vendors really like the greenback. Jessica says, we asked for discounts. Also, we paid in full slash cash for vendors, usually got us about a 10% discount or a couple of hundred dollars from each. I bought the bridesmaids dresses off Amazon for $25 each. Instead of hotels, we rented an Airbnb for the girls. Great suggestion. And the guys. I don't want to miss out the guys. She did say the guys. She says, uh, it is if you divide by the number of people, it's much cheaper than a hotel. This is true. And it has other facilities like a kitchen, which just can be really helpful on the day if you are spending more time in that sort of apartment situation. If you can prepare some meals, if you've got a refrigerator, that can be really good. Your rehearsal dinner, this is Jessica, not me. Your rehearsal dinner doesn't have to be extravagant. Ours is a fish fry outside at the Airbnb where the girls are staying. We also got decor from a friend that got married last year. And she says, stalk the invitation websites. We designed ours, then waited for a 40% off promo code weekend to order. Here's the thing. I think I've said this before, but let's remind you of two points. I'm obsessed with cashback websites. Some people are like, for fuck's sake, Alicia, stop talking about it. But I just don't understand why people have a problem with clicking through an extra step to save money. I literally did a Clinique order yesterday. I'm obsessed. Love Clinique. They're not paying me to say that. I just use their stuff and I love it. And I used Ebates and I got 8% back on my order. And also at the time, Ebates had a great deal that said if I purchase $40, I think it was, of stuff, which easily my order came to that. I got the 8% back and then they were also going to include a bonus little pack of shit that I love. Not pack of shit, Clinique, if you're listening. I love you. No, it was a pack of moisturizer and a lipstick and some eyeshadow in a nice little zippy bag. And that was for free because I used the code from Ebates. So I just go on and on about it because I don't understand why you wouldn't use a cashback website. If Rich goes to buy something in our house online and he has not clicked through that website, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, let's just quickly go through it. It's a website that makes affiliate income. Ebates is a big company. They go and do deals with, I mean, thousands of companies like Macy's and Nordstrom and um, Amazon is sometimes on there. They've got a love-hate relationship with each other. There is food. There are so much travel. You then register for this website for free. And then every time you want to buy something from one of these merchants, you type in the name, such as Clinique, the Clinique page comes up and it says, great, we're offering 8% cashback on your purchase. You click the button. It then takes you to Clinique's website like normal. It records that you have come to Clinique via that website and then they give you 8% back. Now, obviously, Ebates and various other websites, there's a couple of them, they would be negotiating a deal saying they're probably skimming 5% off themselves. That's how they make their money. But by not clicking through, you don't get the 8% and uh, that's a sad story. There are also a bunch of wedding invitation suppliers on these websites via Ebates. And they've also got, I think, a whole page. I'm I'm just, hang on a second. Let me just Google. I'll be back. Right, I'm back. 
Etsy, Michaels, J. Crew, Wedding Paper Divas, who I know a lot of you use, you can get cash back and you can get deals. And same with Groupon. Actually, you can buy Groupon via Ebates. Oh my God. I just don't know how many times I have to say this. Why am I getting so angry? You know, I'm sure you're all doing it. I don't know why I'm getting so angry. Thank you, Jessica. Oh, one point she did make is if you go to purchase an item, you put it in the basket. This is online, not physically, because it won't work if you're doing this physically. Then you decide, you register, so they know your email address, and then you go, I'm not going to buy that today. And then you shut the thing down. Often, it will trigger a little cookie and then say, hey, send you an email. Hey, we noticed you didn't buy the stuff in your basket. Would you like an extra 20%? Or can we throw something in for free? And, you know, it can be very good for you. So... They're my suggestions. Gosh, I'm sorry for getting so angry about Ebates. I just don't understand why people wouldn't use it. There you go. If you don't know what it is, I'm going to put more in the show notes today. And I will include my special Ebates friend code, which will get you a $10 extra cash back. But you have to click through my link in the show notes, in the blog. It's been so great to watch Bridechiller Elizabeth and her search for her dress on the Bridechiller community because, as she says here, she bought, purchased a used dress from Tradesy, which she saved $600 on. And she sort of has been documenting this search and has found it and recently posted an image of her wearing the dress. And it looks amazing. Absolutely amazing. She also said that they are going for a brunch instead of a dinner, which cut about 40 to 50% per head uh, with the same caterer. So they've saved a bunch of money. That's the thing. If you have flexibility of the time of day, that can also work really well for you. And might I add, I don't. The Americans and Brits do things differently. Australians do things, and we, we have a whole other way of doing things. But the Brits love to do multiple meals. They also call like the main meal, the wedding breakfast, which I find a little weird and I will never really fully understand that. I'm sure it comes from tradition as things do in the United Kingdom. But they also like to put on uh, after the big main event, after the party, they do good snacks at the end of the night. And I think if you are planning to do an afternoon wedding, if you have a lunchtime meal, you just shift all the timelines a little earlier and you negotiate a better deal for perhaps a lunchtime meal instead of a dinner meal, you can then extend the day, right? This is a long day, but extend it. More partying, the better. And then either move to another venue, like a bar or something, somewhere that you can hire that's not as expensive, or if you're getting married in summer, some sort of outdoor location that you can move the partying to, or just call it down earlier in the night and say, there's an after party somewhere else. If you want to come, if not, go home, go to bed. So I think there are ways that you can get around negotiating, always having to have an evening meal because sometimes daytime eating is better. I mean, that was a ridiculous statement. Daytime eating, nighttime eating, it's all fucking great. Mariah, we've just begun planning our wedding for August 2018. Our venue has been our biggest cost saver so far. We are doing it at a kid. This is fucking great. Can I just say this? We're doing it at a kid's summer camp. We can bring our own alcohol and food. There is a kitchen and dining center its own lake, we can rent the pool, and each cabin sleeps 10 people. All for under, oh my God, do you want to guess? $500. We're all coming to your wedding, Mariah. 
It's owned by the county, so the cost of renting will go back to help the kids. Oh, my God. We're doing two nights just to have more time hanging out with our wedding party. This is such a great idea and so creative. And also, you've got free reign of the camp. And I just kept thinking then about – I've never been to camp because the Australian – like living in Australia, every day is a camp. But I did think of the Adams family – and going to camp, and I kept thinking of Wednesday at camp when they recreated the Thanksgiving story and she ended up burning the place down. That's a sort of summer camp I envisaged going to. Not really the real summer camp, I'm sure. If you haven't seen that movie, go back and watch it. It's so good. But that's a really a great example of Mariah thinking outside the box and also finding somewhere that is versatile and You can really have fun with that sort of venue because you have free reign. Also, the fact you can bring your own booze, you can bring a caterer in, and you've got a pool, and you can have extra time because things go really quickly. Time for just a couple more of your suggestions. Amanda says, I use Thumbtack to find a photographer and hair and makeup artist. Might I just disclose at this current juncture, which maybe you're listening to this in the future and this is not the case, but Thumbtack are a supporter of this here podcast. And uh, if you've not heard of Thumbtack, go to thumbtack.com slash weddings, which is where you'll be able to see all of the amazing people who advertise their services on that website. That's not an ad. I'm just saying go along and use that link. And then they'll see that, you know, people like using Thumbtack that listen to Bride Chiller and they might give me more money. Uh, (laughs) Amanda says, my venue is a place... Uh, I worked at growing up and my dad still works there, so I get an employee discount. The DJ is a friend of a friend who is a hobbyist, so no wedding pricing. My florals are being gifted by family. We are doing a show cake and then a large sheet cake at the back to save on dessert. Ooh, I just want to put my face in a sheet cake. Our flavors, favors, not flavors, favors, are local candies that come out at about 25 cents each. We're doing glow sticks at our recessional. That's cute. My mum is hand-painting our inexpensive invites and we're going to local breweries and wineries to buy alcohol directly from the vendors themselves, which is great. Support local booze makers. I really do enjoy that. The other thing is you don't have to buy all the shit that you think you do need to buy. Again, we're really very supportive in this community of saying there are things that you don't need, such as Jessica Wright says, programs, buy, we won't miss them. No one will. That's like 200 bucks saved, which I just was thinking back to some of the weddings we've been to recently. And I didn't look at the programs. I just sat a big fat ass on them and forgot about them most of the time. Rachel Allison talking about cool venues We're getting married at a lighthouse with a suggested donation of $100 and having our reception in my future in-law's backyard. Also, I'm making our own invitations. We spent about $250, including all of the postage and printer ink and everything. Well, that's good. See, I like that she's thinking about the cost of the extra stuff that goes into printing things because often those printer cartridges are worth more than the fucking printer. (laughs) been there my fiance ordered cool custom rsvp postcards with a photo from our engagement for 50 dollars, and i got a nice invitation paper and envelopes 
200 count, on clearance for a grand total of $17. Highly recommend Michael's, use eBates, as they have a whole couple wedding aisles, I stand corrected, with stuff like that for super cheap. I really like Michael's. I've spent some time in Michael's when I've been in the States. I could drop a lot of coin in Michael's. I don't even need to make anything. I'm such a sucker that way. Bridechiller Amber has the total bridechiller attitude. She says, saying fuck it to invitations and using the invitation template from our wedding website, Appy Couple. Prior to this, I used a coupon code and did save the date magnets for 48 bucks. I used Thumbtack, there we go again, website to find an amazing and inexpensive florist who doesn't have a maximum or minimum order amount and is making my dream bouquet for $41 and bridesmaid bouquets for $29 a piece. Finding milk glass, little milk glasses at thrift stores and painting half of it gold for a couple of dollars a piece rather than paying top dollar on Etsy. When it comes to buying your wedding dress, and I I feel quite strongly about this because I bought an off-the-rack gown and I'd had some weird experiences in bridal salons. I don't want to generalize because I know I've got some good friendships going with people that own wedding dress shops and a majority of people that own them are ace. But then also there are some people who are stuck in 1973 They're always called Carol or Sharon, and they don't get it, and they're annoying. Jessica said, after a nightmarish experience at bridal stores, I decided I was going to boycott all of them and wedding dresses in general. I was mortified that some of these stores looked at me like I was, was, quote, poor for saying my budget was $2,000 and under. I only shopped regular online stores and just filtered for white dresses. I found the perfect designer lace maxi for $300 on Saks of Fifth. There you go. I love ShopStyle as well. That's another great website where you can just filter the fuck out of things and really find what you're looking for by putting in search terms like, you know, white or sparkly or other search terms I can't think of. Why why can't my, my brain stop working? That's not good. What a wealth of advice. And that it's all come from you. I've barely done anything today except for talk about your stuff. But that's what I do. And that's uh, why you listen and hopefully pay to subscribe to the back catalogue. Thank you so much for getting involved. All the people today who left their comments. It's really great to be able to share these ideas. And also just what a great forward thinking community you are. You don't have to make drastic changes to your budget your guests, everything I have said today, all the ideas I've shared, your guests will not ever know that you've saved money. They will never see a difference in the day, the outlook of it all, the decor, the design. They won't give a shit. So I just want to reiterate that saving money is a good thing. Even if you've got a mega huge budget, surely you can then siphon the money that you've saved from one thing into another very expensive thing. I'm sorry if you can hear the helicopters. Look, listen to this. Or the planes. There it is. But I... That's a bit loud. It's too loud. Jesus. I had to keep the door open or I would asphyxiate. It's it's a very rare, warm London day. So I apologise for the background noise, but I could not go into the voiceover booth today. My last tip is a personal tip, and that is if you are an exercise, you're a workout person, I only think of this because I'm just about to go off and do this right now, is... 
a lot of people say, I'm going to get in fit. I'm going to get in, I'm going to get in shape for my wedding. And they get into gym memberships that they're never either going to use or they find excuses or they're just really expensive. One thing I use, and I'm not affiliated with these guys at all. I wish I was actually because I'd probably make some coin. But I use Beachbody.com. They've got this great app, which I think I pay 30 bucks for six months. Like it's not very much. But you can use the app. I attach it to, I connect it to my Apple TV. And they have, I reckon, thousands, if not in the hundreds, the high hundreds amount of workouts that you can do in your lounge room. And I used to download Shalene Johnson workouts while I bought her workouts. And she's affiliated with Beachbody. And then they just said, why don't you just join our little club thing? And you can do do the workouts. And what I love about it is there's variety. If you're like me, I really like to have an instructor or someone giving me a bit of motivation, telling me how to do things properly. But I also find it really hard to fit my schedule around actually physically going to a gym when it's easier for me to get up in the morning or do, I've got a day off work today, so I'm going to do it this afternoon after the podcast. Finding that moment to actually do the workout and uh, incorporate that into my schedule. So I don't know if this is like, this is not groundbreaking revolutionary stuff, but for the minimal cost that I pay, I get so much value out of being a part of this subscription service. And I know there are heaps of options. I know Bob Harper does one. I think Jillian Michaels has one as well. But really, it's just getting into a program and getting into a bit of a routine. It can feel really good. And also, I talk a lot about stress. This is not about losing weight. I'm not saying work out, no fucking sweating for the wedding shit. But It's more about saying, make some time for you and really check in with what your body's doing. And if jumping around and doing some weights or some yoga is also, you know, fantastic, will be good for you and you'll feel like you can calm the mind and also just feel good after having some endorphins, then I highly suggest you get one of these apps, you plug it into the telly and you do some squats. That's it then. All right. Visit thebridechiller.com. Get in touch. Leave me a voice message. Write me a message on the Facebook. Join the Facebook community. Like all my Instagram posts. Follow me on Twitter. Oh, there's Pinterest as well. I can't. I can't even. I can't even. Hang on. There's more. If you would like to leave a review or a rating via iTunes, I would great, gratefully, greatly appreciate it. Really helps get the bloody thing boosted up to the top of the list or whatever and get other bride chillers on board because the more bride chillers in the community, the merrier, I say. Also, thank you for our premium subscribers. If you want to get access to the back catalogue, that is about 300 episodes of this year podcast. You can simply visit thebridechiller.com, click through, and make sure you use the code word Aussie, A-U-S-S-I-E, for a 25% discount. All my love. Happy days. The Bride Chiller Podcast, empowering you to kick wedding planning ass every day.